Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's Gina Crash, your host for the next half hour or so. Really excited to introduce you to my guest this morning, Tracy Broccolino. She's the Director of Early Childhood Education at the Community Action Council of Howard County. You might know it as CAC and very exciting things happening there. She's going to be talking to us about the the new Bowder Education Center, the newest early education program of CAC. Welcome to the program, Tracy. Thank you so much, Gina. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. So excited. We've t- we've talked to uh, Bita Dayhoff in the past, but I don't think we've ever had a chance to talk to you before. So as Director of Early Childhood Education at CAC, and I guess from now on we should probably just call it CAC, right? Is that how people refer to it? Generally, yep, generally yes, for sure. <laughs> it's much easier, right? So you've been there for how long now in your current role? I'm about to hit my two-year anniversary, actually. That's amazing. And so and you've had quite a, a career in education, uh, which led you to this role, I would imagine. Absolutely. This is uh, finishing up my 28th year as an educator. Really proud of that uh, journey that I've been on from a classroom teacher to reading specialist to national director of special ed. Just had lots of opportunities to grow as an educator and to be able to serve. And so this latest role, what, what really led you to the position that you're in now? What was the, you know, the most exciting part about that? Because it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, as an educator, right, you're, you're, the nature of being an educator is, is service, and uh, there's no greater place to serve than an organization like CAC, where we take care of the folks in Howard County who need a hand up. And as a director of education, uh, to be able to start that at an early age with children, to be able to give them uh, a head start, if you will, because we run our Head Start program, uh, it is just a, a an opportunity that I absolutely could not pass up. Absolutely. It's like it's like you're still in the interview. You've got the job, Tracy, <laughs> for sure. And pun intended, because we will get to Head Start and all the other great programs, and of course, in the Howard County Food Bank that you guys run as well. But for those who don't know you as well as we might hear, um, explain just exactly what the Community Action Council of Howard County, again, CAC, um, is referred to as most of the time, what services it offers and who it benefits Absolutely. So the Community Action Council of Howard County has been around since 1965, a longstanding flagship organization in Howard County that serves our low-income families here. We provide four program areas, the Howard County Food Bank. Um, We provide energy assistance, weatherization assistance, housing assistance, and of course, early childhood education. Um, our, Our targets are children and families across Howard County that, again, just need a a little bump or an assistance to uh, help them become self-sufficient and to meet immediate needs such as food, energy, housing. 
You cover it all. That's great. And as the director of education for CAC, for those who aren't familiar, can you give us a brief overview of what CAC's early childhood education program entails? Things like, you know, who qualifies for this program, why it's important for the community to have access to these kinds of services. This is a three-part question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see how quick I can answer. Um, the uh, So our early childhood program operates the federally funded Office of Head Start, Head Start Programming, uh, in and also the Maryland State Department of Education funded pre-K programming for children ages three to five. We have four locations across Howard County where we serve 362 children. Um, as part of the Head Start programming, which again, I always say is probably, as an educator, one of the longest standing education programs that's been around, um, other than I always laugh and say the 10-month school year, but um, <laughs> the, it's one of the things that has lasted, you know, and we in education like to change things all the time. So uh, it, it is a, a stalwart, if you will, and a, and a highly effective and proven to be effective program that has lasted quite some time. Um, at CAC, our early childhood education takes the two-generation approach, which means not only do we help our students, but we also help their families. And the goal is to, to wrap our arms around these children and families so that the families can become self-sufficient. Uh, that includes things like career coaching, um, uh, parent engagement events where we help families connect to one another. We help families uh, build their educational skills, their occupational skills, their mental health and physical health skills. Um, we, we work to make sure that we're releasing some of the pressures that are on our families by providing them with housing and energy assistance. Our families are automatically available, have available access to the Howard County Food Bank where they can go at any time to get uh, food assistance because, you know, you relieve that pressure of, oh, my gosh, do I buy groceries or do I pay my rent? Well, right. we're going to take care of your groceries so you can pay your rent. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and the families who are eligible for our services are those who are at the federal poverty level or below, but we also have the opportunity through our pre-kindergarten um, MSCE program to serve families who are up to 300% above the poverty line um, that is established by the federal government. The, the other important part is that we make sure that we're serving our dual language learners. Um, there's quite a few of those in Howard County uh, and also our students with exceptionality. So we, we just serve everybody. <laughs> you really do. It's the most comprehensive services I think I've ever heard. Uh, you know, you have so many things and so many things that you offer and so many people that you're helping and, and even more, I'm sure, that need the help. And you mentioned uh, some events and things like that, which makes me think, hmm, I wonder how COVID-19 has affected the education services that CAC offers and how has the organization responded? I'm, I'm going to guess on this one that you've still been flourishing, right? Oh, absolutely. We've been very fortunate. Uh, we live in a very generous community as well, which is great. Um, when when the day, I always say, the day the world shut down for us, that was March 13th of 2020, and we had to close our early childhood programming. Uh, and, and what that meant for us is an, an immediate pivot to what did our families need immediately. And so we took to making sure they had food in their pantries and their refrigerators. And then within one month, we stood up a virtual early childhood program and that lasted until about July of 2020 when we reopened at half capacity and then at full capacity in August because our children 
they their families are the ones right that that we're ordering our carryout from that we're expecting their parents to still go to work while some of us are privileged to work from home um, so we made sure that our children were able to attend school in a very very safe manner we kept our children and we still are keeping them in cohorts we are which means they stay with their same friends all day long and their same teachers so we minimize exposure but ultimately, Gina, one of the things that we are the most proud of is that we did have families that chose to keep their children at home. And they said, you know what, we're just wary and we don't, you know, maybe we're worried about COVID ourselves or maybe we have a multi-generational family and we're afraid of my elderly mother getting COVID and dying or something. So we actually built these, what we're calling tech rigs, which are really cool, um, where the the child, regardless of their learning location, can receive the same quality early childhood education and programming with their in-person peers. So basically, it's these—it's like a, if you can picture it, it's like a desk on wheels where there's cameras that are pointing at the teacher and the board or the book or whatever she's using to instruct the children. But there's all, and, and it's looking at, at her, but then there's also a camera that's pointing out to the carpet area where the children are sitting or whatever they're doing. And then on the front of it is a flat screen monitor where the children who are at home on their Zoom, the children in the classroom can see them, and then the children at home can see their friends in the classroom. So That's incredible. It was really cool, yeah. And what that has allowed us to do is to, you know, again, provide that same quality education regardless of the child's learning location. So we... Um, we're very grateful. We haven't had a ton of COVID cases, but when we've had to, we're immediately able to pivot and go virtual for however long our little quarantine is, and then we come back. Um, and it's really, it was extremely beneficial at the time for our families who, you know, are, are, who are already struggling, but they, they obviously can't afford to send their child to childcare because they qualify for our services. So we were still able to provide that high quality education. That's true because childcare is so expensive. And what did you call that device that the the mobile um you know classroom, if you will? We, we just called it tech rig. It's a tech not rig. very fancy, but I, that's what we I love it. it. <laughs> and do you have any photos of that by chance on your website, which if people need, right, uh, is cac-hc.org? Um, no, but I know you can see some of it probably somewhere in our social media. Right. And you guys are on uh, very active on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find direct links to that on cac-hc.org. And we're talking to Tracy Broccolino. She's the Director of Early Childhood Education at the Community Action Council of Howard County, CAC. Um, and, you know, that would require, you were talking about Zoom. Um, I'm sure you found a way to tackle that digital divide in Howard County mm -hmm. as well to provide the Wi-Fi that's necessary for that. Was that something else that you guys had to factor in with COVID-19? especially? Absolutely. So when we were providing families with their groceries early on, we also provided every child with an Amazon Fire tablet um, on which they could join their Zoom. Now, we did learn, obviously, that not everybody's got high-speed internet at their house, um, and some folks don't even have data on their phone. So we were able to partner with organizations like Comcast Cares to be able to provide our families with the access that they needed. Um, and, and for uh, I would say for the most part, everybody was able to access our programming. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. And we're still, you know, as kids are back in person with us, 
we're still able to use the technology, as I mentioned before, if we have to pivot, but also for for um, supplementary instructional support in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you never know. Sometimes uh, it, like a workplace or a school we're dealing with, you know, some cases and positive cases that pop up. Every now and again, and you have to, you know, respond to those proper protocols, which you're mm-hmm. definitely doing, um, which is great. And you recently opened a new location in Longreach Village. Um, can you tell me more about what it was like opening a new education center during a pandemic? Oh my and, gosh! <laughs> and what this location <laughs> offers? And uh, here's another multi-parter. And also, uh, what brought CAC to opening another education center? That's all. It's always good to have growth. Oh, absolutely. You probably, people probably think we're crazy trying to do that during COVID. But um, it, the Bowder Education Center at Longreach was a long-time vision for CAC. Uh, many, many of our families draw from the Longreach community. And, you know, one of the biggest barriers we have in Howard County, just in general, is public transportation. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge to um, access in some ways, and it's, uh, it's, it, the routes are kind of strange. So we took a look at where our families were coming from, and we saw that many of them, as I said, were coming from the Longreach Village Center. So uh, we took to um, the streets, if you will, and advocacy, and our great president, Bita Dayhoff, for years has advocated with our state uh, delegation, as well as our community partners and our great leadership here at Howard County, Dr. Calvin Ball. Um, and, and we we built with a private-public partnership the Bowder Education Center at Longreach. The facility used to be a dollar store, so it's so crazy to go in there now. It's this beautiful, innovative center that offers the same two-generational approach to our families in the community. Um, and there's a, a community pantry there, and families can come in to the Bowder Education Center, to, even if they don't have a young child, but they can access our family service workers who are there. Every child that's enrolled in every family is assigned a family service worker. But those folks are also trained on service integration. So if you're, you know, you don't have a child, you could stop by Bowder and say, hey, I think I'm in need of housing assistance, and we could complete an application right there for you. Um, the, the important part about Bowder, not only did it reach our, our already enrolled families who are there, but it also, as I said, eliminated the uh, transportation barrier for families. So families can literally walk with their children to school. And it's just a beautiful place. If anybody has a time to go, oh, has time to go over there, it's just this shining light at the in, in the in the village center that has just brought a lot of brightness and life over there. That's wonderful. When did that officially open? And I hear you had kind of a, a fun uh, ribbon cutting too earlier this summer, right? Oh, absolutely. So we, we had our little soft opening in April to work out the kinks, you know, and, and then we had our grand opening in June. And we had so many uh, community and state partners and friends. Uh, we Again, we partnered with churches and businesses throughout the county to make that, that place possible. So it was really fun. That's <laughs> sure. cool. And if people yeah. do want to check that out, is that um, what's the status with, you know, people stopping by? Um, and being able to do that, is that something they can reach out to you on your website and, and take a look at it? Or is there a place on the website that they could take a look at it? What's the best um, you know, way for people to, to see it if they want to? You can always go to the, to the website, that's cac-hc.org. And then um, you, we actually, uh, throughout this pandemic, to make it easier for families to apply for services, our, you can apply right on our website for services there. And then a community worker or family service worker will contact you. That's great. And also, um, I understand the new location um, is, is a lot larger and it allows Head Start to increase your capacity, too. Tell us how that's been impacted for, you know, uh, positively like that. Absolutely. So by opening Bowder, um, we were able to increase our capacity for a, a 
to 40 additional seats for children. So we were previously for a very long time at the First Presbyterian Church in uh, Columbia, and those folks that were so generous with us and partnered with us for years, um, then moving over to Bowder, we basically doubled the size of what we were offering at that location. So we can serve up to 78 children in that building. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And and what makes CAC's Bowder Education Center different from daycare services, other daycare services in Maryland? Absolutely. So one of the the biggest differences, and and you know we have we are just proud to be part of the early childhood community in Maryland and in Howard County, but with the requirements that we need to meet to provide the high quality pre kindergarten education to promote school readiness for our children, the curriculum um, that we offer is is aligned with state standards, and we have a. Uh, high expectations from the Office of Head Start and the Maryland State Department of Education. The other part that's important is that uh, not only provide that quality education, but we serve that whole child. So children get hearing, vision, dental, BMI screenings throughout the year, and they are provided with physical um, you know, health assistance. We also provide mental health assistance to our children, um, as well as related services. So perhaps the child's reached a little bit of a developmental bump in the road and just needs a little help with speech or occupational therapy or some sensory needs, we are also able to provide those services to our children at no charge. That's fantastic. Have you seen an increased need in um, the mental health services like that, especially uh, during the pandemic? You know, it's interesting. Um, One of our requirements, again, uh, is to conduct within the child's first 45 days of enrollment a developmental screening. And taking a look at that data, we have noticed uh, throughout last year and this year's data shows us that there's a a marker called initiative that we uh, look at to say, okay, is this child taking you know, for lack of a better word, academic risks. Are they going to start an activity? Are they going to um, continue and persist with an activity? And we're seeing in that area in particular a lot of caution and concern in the ratings of our children. Uh, they they are sort of holding back, right, because we've introduced this don't touch anything and right, oh, right. someone's really sick. And right, hold back. right. They're scared, yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a lot of sort of underlying fear um, that, that is there. And so we, we are seeing that separation anxiety. We're seeing um, just that, that sort of lack of wanting to, to take those risks, which are so very important to be successful in kindergarten so that you can kind of continue that cognitive development. So we have um, a multi-tiered system of supports where we provide direct intervention in the classroom and take data on the efficacy of that. And then we move to more intensive interventions if we need to for children. So if you do see a child struggling, in other words, then you're you're right there with the services they need to keep them on the right path. Absolutely. You've really thought of just about everything, it seems like. Um, and do you have any um, unique stories about any of the families that you've been able to serve through your early education center services so far? Absolutely. Yep. So we um, obviously have all kinds of unique and interesting families. And one of the the services that we provide is our career coaching services for families. Um, and, And through that, we've had parents who are able to open their own business. Um, and we have one mom who started her own catering business, which we've accessed for family picnics and, and family events at the centers. Um, and so that, that has been really helpful. We've had families who came to us as homeless, and they, we have been able to coordinate um, with services across Howard County to get them housed. 
um, which has brought stability to those families. And uh, we've had families who um, were not able to, to get employment that we have connected them to um, jobs and employers across the county through our, our networking. So you have a lot of success stories, and I'm sure more to come as well. That's great. Mm-hmm. And we also have, just really quickly, a program called Dream Savers, which is just a really unique thing that we do here at CAC where it's a matching funding program. So if a family has a goal to start a business, uh, save for a house or get their degree in something or certification, for every dollar they save, we match it by $2. Um, and that we provide them with an additional layer of intensive case management to help them reach their goal. That's amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And CAC, if you're not busy enough, Community Action Council of Howard <laughs> County, you also simultaneously run the Howard County Food Bank. Um, so do you incorporate those services into your Head Start programs, too? And uh, and if so, how? Absolutely. So we, um, all of our early childhood education families have automatic access to the Howard County Food Bank. And um, we also provide them with and they can access the food also that's at their community pantries at their centers. So they can come and uh, right now receive food assistance weekly from our food bank. Um, There's no additional application process at all. It's all part of our regular application process. And, um, you know, our food bank has been super busy this entire time with the pandemic. And um, they have really initially sort of repurposed themselves and were pre-bagging things and handing, you know, safely families through a drive-through sort of method, if you could imagine that. And then, yeah. now, and now we're back to, thank goodness, um, customer selection. So if, if anybody's ever seen our food bank, it's so beautiful. It's like a, I always like to call it a, like a mini Trader Joe's almost. It <laughs> does. It does. I saw one of your great videos that you had posted um, on social media. I, it's exactly, it's exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So so families are now able to come and shop for themselves, and, and we're, we're just glad that there's a little bit of opening light at the end of the tunnel now where we are. Mm-hmm. Definitely lots of folks to serve. And have you noticed any, you know, have you experienced any issues with supply chain and, um, you know, the cost and availability of things is getting um, a little difficult, especially as we're getting close to the holidays? Um, is that something that you guys have been impacted by, and, and how do you kind of pivot around that? Yes. So there's, you know, it's always interesting what we can get at our food bank. But um, like, for instance, we needed to upgrade some of our teachers' technologies and we we ordered um, some laptops for them through some additional funding. And we ordered them, I think, four months ago and they just showed up like the other day. Yeah, like, oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> they were there. They were just sitting at the port, right? Waiting yeah, exactly. For yeah. So yeah, it is challenging for sure. But you guys have a lot of, of resources and ways to hopefully, you know, get around that when you can. Um, and is what are your needs there right now? Um, and, do you, and are volunteers one of those needs or what kind of items, you know, how two questions, I guess, if somebody wants to volunteer or if someone wants to donate, what are what's the best way to do that? And uh, what are some of the things that you currently, you know, would like to have on your shelves? Absolutely. So we, uh, we're always, you know, you can always, the easiest thing to do, right, would be to donate on the website. There's an ability to do that. Um, we always take food donations. I know on Giving Tuesday, there's going to be a matching drive for our early childhood education program to provide our classrooms with um, STEM uh, materials that will help our children, again, uh, grow in the area of mathematics before they get to kindergarten. Uh, and so there's, there's, 
while following us on social media is really the greatest way to see what our needs are. And we, we are very active and post, hey, we're, we're collecting for this and we would love your, your contributions. We collect coats, we um, hats and scarves and mittens and things in the wintertime. And, um, you know, really, again, we, we're very fortunate to live in Howard County and to work in Howard County where it's just such a generous place. It really is. And some people might think on that note, you know, oh, wow, well, everybody that lives in Howard County, they make a lot of money and houses are beautiful. But it's like, you know, there is that that working middle class and, and it's it's tough sometimes, you know. And sometimes it's, you know, you come from the education field. It could be, you know, educators just starting out. It could be people mm-hmm. who are, are fully working um, mm-hmm. and, and vibrant and active parts of the community. But sometimes everybody needs a little assistance. And especially you throw, you toss a global pandemic in there and you're like, well, geez, there's going to be a time where a lot of people who are listening to this program or will listen to it or are going to need some help. And, you know, it's good to know that you're there to provide those services. That's great. Yes. And, and you know, the to be self-sufficient in Howard County takes for one adult and a preschooler in a household, you need to be making $77,580. And that is, that is a lot of money. It is. And some we have 23% of Howard County is living um, in, in sort of one paycheck away from crisis. So mm-hmm. it's really it's really important that we are all serving each other. It is. And if you're if you're going outside the home or even working in the home um, to do that, it's like we mentioned the cost of child care and how difficult that is if you're going, if you have to leave the home to work and then you have to factor mm-hmm. that expense into everything else. So, yeah, it is not uh, it is not um, unusual for people to need some help. And um, that being said, I know we mentioned social media. We'll definitely mention all that again, too. But where people can get more information and updates about CAC's educational resources and how people can continue to help the organization during uh, your greatest time of need. And would you say that uh, the greatest time is now or is that sort of it's just always a constant need of this sort of changes? Like you mentioned, going to the social media is a way to say, well, now we need, you know, this product or that product, but it's a good way to, it's probably always changing, I would imagine. It, it is. And we all hope and pray that we can obliterate the need, but there's, the need is always there. Right. Um, and, and we want our families to not need us, but there, there is a, the need is always there. So um, we'll, we'll, we will always take help. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know the ultimate goal of any nonprofit organization is to put themselves out of business. But in this case, exactly, <laughs> um, we are several years away from that, I think, for sure. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting the two-minute warning from my producer. So we want to make sure you did mention social media, and you are very active there, and that is a great way to reach people. So if they go to cac-hc.org, that is your informative website. That'll have, as I was just on it a second ago before we called you, you know, there are direct icons right there on social media, Facebook. I know you're very active. LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. And YouTube is where you can see some of those videos of, you know, whether it's the the Bowder Education Center or it's, you know, Howard County Food Bank, just to sort of get a visual, which some people, we need that in learning, as you know, <laughs> to sort of see exactly what you're doing, who needs help, where the money's going and all of that. And in this generous holiday time, um, how else can people who are listening today um, or is is cash still king? Is there a way that anyone need, that wants to can make a financial donation as well? Yep, they, you can de- donate directly on the website. And um, I know going into the holiday season, there's lots of families who are going to need assistance getting their children their their desired gifts uh, for the holidays. And 
um, we, we will put that up there on social media as to what we need in terms of adopting our families and providing for that immediate need. That's great. We will definitely watch out for that again at cac-hc.org. Do you ever do the Amazon wish list thing as well? I know some, some nonprofits will do that where they'll put some things up that they want on Amazon. We, we do. We do that occasionally. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so there's tons of ways to help out, right? But the website mm-hmm. is a good start. So is your social media as well. And and we're in our final minute here. Tracy Broccolino, Director of Early <laughs> Childhood Education at the Community Action Council of Howard County, better known as CAC. Congratulations on everything you're doing. And, and thank you for all the uh, community members you're helping. Is there anyone, I know you don't do it alone, that you want to thank real quick as we wrap up? Oh, absolutely. want to absolutely thank our, our partners in, throughout Howard County, but also you know, in our, our county government, um, Dr. Ball has been an incredible partner for CAC as well as our state delegation and county council members. They're always looking out for us, and we're really grateful for that partnership. Excellent. Tracy Broccolino, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here. This has been Spotlight on Maryland, a production of Odyssey Baltimore. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.